You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Before I start, I'm going to pray. God, we love you. We love, we love, love, love you. We're so thankful, God, that we get to serve you, that we get to be a part of a community who's striving to be more like you. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to be here in Stanford. Thank you for bringing us to Stanford, God. I remember the day you spoke to our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing and for the seeds you're planting into everybody's lives. Thank you, God, that every Sunday, it's not in vain that we come in here, but you're depositing things in our hearts for what you will have us do in the future. I pray this morning it would be no different, God, that you'd speak to each individual what they need to hear, what they need to take. I pray, Father, that your word wouldn't return void, that it would produce fruit in their hearts. God, I pray that you'd begin to work in people's lives in a way, Father, that brings joy, that brings greater joy. Father, we know that you fill us with peace and we know that you fill us with love. But today specifically, God, I pray for joy. I pray for a heart that's rejoicing in, in a life with you. I thank you, God, for what you're doing and what you will do in 2017. We believe in miracles. We believe that you show up today the same way you showed up over 2,000 years ago. So I pray, God, for miracles and miracles upon miracles. We love you, God, and we praise you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So if you've been here since January 1st or if you've been able to catch up online, um, we are in a series called Happy. Happy. Happy because everybody, you know, you start a new year and everybody goes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And we go, okay, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to actually be happier? And so we've been unpacking the word happy and what it means in our lives as Christians, as Christ followers. And the first week, J.D. talked about um, perseverance and allowing perseverance to complete its work. And what perseverance produces is growth, and growth, therefore, produces joy because we are individuals who always want to be growing. Nobody wants to be stagnant, right? And growth produces joy, produces happiness. The second week, he talked about sacrifices, um, intentional sacrifices, and how sacrificing with intentionality can produce joy in your life as well. Because it's, although it's momentary pain, it produces lasting fruit, right? And therefore produces happiness in your life as well. So if you haven't heard the messages, if you haven't been able to be here, I'm going to encourage you to go to the website and listen to them this week. They're great messages that will really get your year started in the right track, right? We want to make sure 2017, we're going to give you everything we have so that it's your best year yet. And so if you can apply those principles in your life, we know that God is going to do things in your life. This week... I'm going to shed light on another component of happiness. You know, I was doing a lot of research this week on what it means to be happy and what actually causes people to be happy. And one of the highest factors of happiness is this topic that I'm going to talk about today. But before I do that, everybody in here, oops, I'm dropping stuff. Everybody in here got a piece of paper, right? You got this little piece of paper and there's several lines on it. You got a pen. And I want you to take about 30 seconds. You got to think kind of quick with me here. But I want you to write down the name of four to six people that really know you. 
not just acquaintances, not just people, you know, but people that know you, that know your dreams, that are in your circle, that you would say, you know, this person gets me or knows me. Or I want you to take a minute and do that. Four to six people in that little space if you have them. Now, don't make up people. I'm not going to check your paper. <laughs> I'm not going to come around and see if you have names. Genuinely check your heart and people that you, you know, that know you that are in your circle. And if you don't have four to six people, again, don't make them up. I'll see, I'll see when people's heads come up a little bit. <laughs> I'm giving you 30 seconds counting. One, two, three. Okay, so I'm going to ask you another question. When you look at that paper and you think about those people, when was the last time you bought something, you did something, you, um, I don't know, went to see something because they told you to, because they advised you to, right? When was the last time you did something as a direct reflection of that friend encouraging you to do it? I mean, I can remember going to watch movies because certain friends said, you have to see this movie, right? You have to see it. It's so good. I'm like, okay, they said it's good. I trust, I trust their opinion. I trust where they're leading me, right? Um, so think about that. Think about, have, you don't have to write it down, but just think about that. See, uh, while doing research, um, I realized that we are what Aristotle called us. We are social animals. We really were designed to be in relationship. We were designed to have, um, to be in a community and to be around people um, societies that, that survived were societies that would group together and that they would win, right? They would win battles, they would reproduce. And so the greatest chances of survival from early on was those societies that would band together. See, even today in infants, we know that infants, when they were born, the first thing they're searching for is that attachment. It's that bond that they create with their mom and with their dad. Um, infants are created for attachment. And when they don't produce these attachments, when they're left kind of abandoned or neglected, they grow up with a sense of meaninglessness. You know, research shows that kids that have been like kind of left and haven't given the proper attention, they go through life with that sense of lost. They're, they're kind of lost. And to consider this too, short of torture, solitary confinement is one of the worst punishments available. Now, from cover to cover, we realize, too, that in the Bible, the Bible is about relationship, right? It's about God trying to restore his relationship with us. But it's also about the relationship of mankind with one another. It's about, you know, relationships in general. So God knows about our necessity to have friends. God knows about our need to be connected. And actually says in Ecclesiastes 4.10, But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Right? God is saying, woe to him, man. Sad. You know, poor person, poor person, the one that is alone when he falls. See, to better understand the design, I'm going to borrow a 1900 psychologist um, pyramid. His name is Abraham Maslow. And I'm sure if you guys went to school, you would have seen this pyramid before. But he says that the primary need of an individual is physiological, which basically means you need food, you need clothing, you need shelter, right? That's the main component in which J.D. touched on for happiness a couple, um, I think last week, you know, outside of that well-being, you have to have food, you have to have clothes, you have to have shelter. 
The next component is safety. You need to feel safe, right? You can't really build out if you're in afraid and fear and um, afraid of death or afraid of being harmed, afraid. You can't really get past that. But the third level, which is really interesting, is the social level. And more specifically, he says, it's a need to love and to belong, right? In order for us to be um, actualized individuals, we need to feel like we are loved and we need to feel like we belong. Now, research also tells, I'm giving you a lot of stats, but I want, I'm laying a foundation for you guys here. Research also tells us that isolation breeds depression. Isolation causes several illnesses, including heart disease. And um, it, it's interesting that partners who've lived with a, you know, uh, a spouse for most of their life, and when their spouse passes, usually that, that person, the remaining person, kind of goes pretty soon as well because there's that connection and it's that bond, right? And so research tells us that people who live in close relationships eat better, exercise more, smoke and drink less. So there's, again, we were designed for this connection. Now, a strong contributor to happiness is the sense of belonging, right? So we're talking about happiness. How do, how do we become happier individuals in 2017? Well, I want you to look at that piece of paper. My first question is, were you able to write four to six names in that paper? Look at those people in there. Are, are they people who actually know you, who you can confide in, who you can be you with, who you can open up with, who you're not afraid and you don't have to hide? See, in order to be happier, we need to have a strong network. And connection is, doesn't exist unless we are giving and receiving. See, Brene, Brene Brown says connection doesn't exist without giving and receiving. We need to give and we need to need. And often what happens is we are good at giving. We're not good at receiving. We're not good at letting people actually know what's going on inside us, right? We can put this presence of I'm the savior. I'm the one that gives. I'm the one that, you know, is there for people. I'm the one that, but do those people know you? Do they know what's going on inside your heart? Do they know what's going on inside your mind? Do they know what kind of week you had? Not just you to them. Because often it's easy for us to have this conception. I have friends. I have people. I know people. I, you know, but they don't actually know you. You have this like kind of shield, you know, that you keep in front. And, and, to, and real connection requires vulnerability. It requires you to be able to open up your soul. Right? So... Huge component of happiness, relationships. But, there's a but. Not all relationships are the same. See, we want to keep that in mind. The Bible talks about that not all company is good company. And Corinthians 15, says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good morals or good character. I was reminded of this passage when I was studying about being happy because I was reminded of the passage in Psalm 1. When, when, I, when I was thinking about, okay, what are we going to talk about as far as happiness and what, you know, what is happiness? What, what takes people to the next level? And the first passage that God dropped in my heart was Psalm 1 where it basically says blessed. And blessed we know means happy. Happy, happy, happy. Very happy. 
So blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or, ta- or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prosper. Okay? So happiness is tied to relationships. It's tied to good community, good friends, but not any community in any friend. The Bible says that we are happy when we don't sit with mockers. And I want you, I'm going to ask you again to look at that piece of paper. Now, don't be mad at me. But are your friends people who are encouraging you? Are your friends, are the people that really know you, people that are first to point out what you do wrong or first to tell you it's okay, you're going to make it? Are the people on your list people who mock you when you have a dream? People who say, you're not going to do that, you're crazy. Or people who say, you know what, you can do that. I believe it. Let me help you. How are we going to do this? How am I going to get you to where you want to? What kind of people are on your list? So the Bible is very clear on that. Because I want you, I want you to think for a minute. I'm going to give you an example. So imagine you come into a relationship with Jesus, right? And now you, you feel kind of different inside. And the things that once were okay are no longer okay. You kind of want to do things different. But you have these friends who you're used to doing things and doing life with for years. And you guys do the same thing. And, you know, you hang out and you do this and you, you talk about that. And this is the way you've always known. But all of a sudden, it's not okay anymore inside you. All of a sudden, you feel when you go to do these same activities that you've always done, it feels wrong. It feels like something is off. It feels like maybe something's shifted. And what's wrong? I've known these people all my life. Why does it feel funny now? And you try to talk to them about it, and they go, oh, you're just becoming one of those Christians. You know, those people who don't do anything, those fanatics. But you're like, no, I'm not becoming anything. I just don't feel good. Like, it's not okay for me to do this. I, 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 okay, it once was, but now maybe, I, I, you know, I'm not feeling. And honestly, it could be nothing. It could be that there's nothing wrong with the activity. But what it means is that the Lord is taking you to some other place. What it means is is that he's preparing you to become something or to do something. And that means you have to let go of certain things in order to get to the next level. And so you're there struggling because you don't want to disappoint your friends. But your friends are not getting you to the level where you need to be. Your friends are not letting you break the chains and go into the next level. And so God is saying, hey, I'm working in you. I'm, I'm, I'm causing things to shift inside. And my encouragement to you this morning is notice the work that the Lord is doing in you. Realize that it's not anybody telling you what's good and bad. Doesn't mean, it has nothing to do with good and bad. It has to do with the plan and the purpose in your life. And so if the friends, if the people on that list are not encouraging you to get to the next level, then we need to make some shifts. We need to make some shifts. Um, God is building. I want you to realize that when you come into a relationship with Jesus, God is building the character of Christ in you. And when he's building the character of Christ in you, there are shifts that happen in relationships as well. 
right? There are shifts, and that's okay. But the Bible says, or the Bible teaches us, that happiness is found in the company of godliness. Essentially, what David is saying in Psalm 1 is that if you want to flourish, if you want to be a tree planted which bears by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither. What does that mean? Prosperity. That means growth. That means development. That means purpose. That means destinies. A person who prospers. If you want to be that, then you need to sit in the company of the right individuals. You need to sit in the company of people who will propel you forward and not hold you back with negative talk, with mediocre talk, with small thinking, with, you know what, I, this is how I'm going to, this is how I grew up, this is how I'm going to be, this is how I'm going to. No, you need to sit in the company of people who will say, go, I am with you, let's do this. Move, I will, I'll pray with you. I'll fast with you. I'll cry with you. I'll do whatever it takes to get you where you need to be. And the company of godliness does that. Okay. It says, do not let the wicked, the sinner, the mocker influence your lifestyle. Do not let the person who does not have the vision of God for you influence your lifestyle. Now, we've heard this before, right? One bad apple spoils the whole bunch. And we know this to be true. I mean, do you ever remember being in a place where all of a sudden somebody walks into the room and you know, uh-oh. You immediately feel, it's like the energy in the room changes, right? You walk into a place, you're at a birthday party or you're at, you know, a friend's house or a wedding. And all of a sudden somebody walks in and they're just not happy with life and you know that they're going to bring tension and you know that they're going to bring the room down and you feel it well see this is what the bible is saying you need to be able to recognize this and do a 180 walk in the other direction not group towards to hear the next the latest the next you know the next story the next gossip the next no you need to learn to walk away surround yourself with people that say you know what i can't do this task for you but i can carry you through it I can help you get there I can encourage you I can remind you of the vision you know what you need friends in your in your corner that are saying remember what God said to you remember the promises he's spoken to your life remember that he's called you to win and not to lose remember that this is temporary we will get to the end remember what God is doing in your life do not stop you need people in your life that will encourage you to get there and not stop along the way and not be like, you know what, you're right, it's just too hard. No, have people in your corner that are going to say, let's do this, let's get there, let's move. Don't let people hold you back because these have been your circle of friends all your life. You know what, it's time to move on. It's time to grow up. It's time to get to where God is calling you to go. Do not let individuals hold you back from what God has placed in your life and what he has promised you. And only you can know what he has promised you. Only you know who's holding you back. Only you can make those decisions. Right? You need, we, this morning I want to encourage you. You want to be happy? You want 2017 to be the year of miracles? You want 2017 to be the year where everything shifts? Well, shift. You make the shift in your life. You make the changes necessary so you can get there. It's not going to happen by itself. It's not going to happen because, oh, I wish... No, we need to understand that the Bible says that happy, blessed, happy. 
is the man who does not sit with mockers, does not sit with sinners. Now, I'm going to give you my disclaimer. Are you going to walk around and say, I'm not friends with any of these people anymore. Toss the paper. No. It does not mean you're going to drop people and make them your enemies and say, I don't care about you anymore. No. But it does mean you will begin to make investments into the relationships that you want around your life. It means you begin to make investments into the relationships that you should have. So if you look at your paper and you say, you know what? Out of these people, maybe a couple of them are actually doing that. The other ones are not. I need more people. Well, make investments. I want to give you three tips for making investments. And obviously, I encourage Connect Community because I believe there are people in here who are running towards God. And what we need is not perfect friends. It's people who are running towards God. We don't need people that know how to say the right things all the time or the perfect people. No, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for progress. We're looking for people who say, you know what? I don't have it all figured out, but I'm running towards Jesus, and I know he has the answers, so I'm going to live that tension of running towards Jesus. And everybody that's around me, I'm going to pray that they leave the same, live the same tension. So how do you get people in your life that are going to do this? Number one, you... Make sure, if, if you need more friends, if you need better relationships, you make sure that every Sunday when you get here, you meet one person that you haven't met yet. Simple, okay? I'm going to give you simple tasks, simple ways to meet new people. You make sure you get the name of one person, and you walk up to them, and you say, hey, who are you? <laughs> What's your name? What's your story? Where you come from? Do you live in Stanford? Easy, basic questions, but every time, if you keep meeting people, you'll discover that you'll get more people in your life. If you go to a connect group, like Dante said, you'll meet new people. You'll get more people in your life, right? The kind of people you want. Number two, revisit those people that you've abandoned by sheer busyness. Some of them might have been really good people that were encouragers, that were for you, but you just kind of got busy, right? Revisit. Revisit and kind of go, you know what? I need people that are positive like that. I need that kind of person in my life. I want to go in this direction, and that person has done it. So maybe I need to get close to them so they can teach me, so I can learn from them, so I can grow with them, and they can, you know, point me in the right direction. And the other way to make a good friend is really just remember birthdays. Right? It's as simple as that. You want to you wanna maintain friends. You want to cultivate relationship. Continually, continuously remember people's birthdays. It does wonders. I'm like, man, that, that's a good person. Remember my birthday. You make, you make people feel special. But my encouragement to you is this this morning. 2017 is going to be a happier year. It's going to be a greater year. It's going to be your year. And that means you are going to shed dead weight. I know that sounds harsh. I'm sorry. But let's be real. I'm going to be real with you. Shed the dead weight. Put the right people in your life. And get moving. Get moving towards your happiness. Get moving towards the goal and the promise. Get moving towards where God is calling you. And I guarantee you when December rolls around, you'll be like, this was a happier year. Because I had the right people with me. And I, you know, it wasn't perfect, but we did it together. And I didn't do it alone. And, and because I wasn't alone, I felt happier along the way. Amen. Now I realize if this is your first time in Connect Community, you're like, who is that crazy woman? And what is she talking about? I get it. Here's the thing. We believe that a life with Jesus is meant to be productive. We believe that when you come into a relationship with Jesus, things aren't stagnant. Things aren't dead. They come alive. 
And that's why we're here this morning telling you what we have learned and what God has said to us as far as building a happier life because God desires for you to have a happier life. He doesn't want anybody walking around depressed. He doesn't want anybody walking around alone. He doesn't want anybody walking around defeated. That's not what God is calling us into. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you this morning that a relationship with Jesus will produce a better life. That's guaranteed. That's just guaranteed because Jesus is that good. He is that good.